Hello. Hey. Ni hao. E- what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Different ways of saying hello. It's, yep. Uh, okay. Welcome back to the Midsummery. Yes. At Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him. him. Oh, stay with oh, me. Oh, yeah. That was my um, uh, cover of Stay With Me by Sam Smith. Oh, sure. And today on the Just show. One of your most listened to songs last year was. Stay no, I think it was, I'm not here to make friends. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually. I do like Sam Smith. I like to pretend that I don't, but I like him. <laughs> Isn't it them? Wow. Huh? Well, well. Well, shoot me in the face. Yeah. Put me down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, leftists? Come on, let's go. Okay, All right. Just reminding you that this is uh, we're talking about a queer art festival. Good to see where you staunchly lie in terms of the pronoun discourse. Yeah, I'm not here to make friends, Jake. Oh, that's true. Oh, it's your anthem. Thank you. Uh, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about Rouge at Gasworks and Sauna Boy by Dan Island Reeves. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'd like to preemptively say that we already may disagree with things we've said on the podcast. <laughs> Roll the music. Jake. Hello, James. Wow, we're on episode nine of the Midsummer Week. Can, yeah. you, can you believe it? I no. You know what? No. Well, I've got, I've got news for you. Mm. We are. Ah, it's true. You don't have to believe it. That's it's just good. a fact. How's your last few days been? Pretty bad, Jake. Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Oh no. Um. Yeah. No. Had a had like a bit of a scare at home. Flynn, my partner of three years. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. Oh my god, I had yeah. no idea. I'm getting married tomorrow. God. I know. <laughs> That's big. Can I come? No. Oh. Fair. Because I'm into edging. Because you're into edging, you can't I can't come. come. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. We've turned a lot of corners already that <laughs> I did not expect to be I've going down. I've broken my neck from the whiplash. Yeah, my God. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. So, speaking of come, how's what? Your... <laughs> I don't know. How have your last few days been? And we're back here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can just cut all that out neatly if you want. That's nice. Uh, bad. I. Um, so yeah, we, uh, Flynn was sick. For like all the weekend, he like had like a bone aching fever, oh. and like he had like like yeah, <laughs> fever. What? <laughs> Nothing. Bone no. aching fever sounds I... like a song. No, well a little bit. It just it took me back to jazz men and thinking about, <laughs> about the song fever. You give me fever. Oh, it is a very sexy song. It's a super sexy come song. Come on, everybody, come on, move your dub Um, it's another funny song. Um, so that was bad. So I just stayed home with Flynn because I also did that. Like you know, you have like that psycho, like pseudo psycho. Semi, I don't want to say sexual. What's the word? This is a lot of prefixes. When, yeah, yeah. Um, when you like psychosomatic, psychosomatic. Thank you. When you have like, and you like, oh god, I'm going down too. And I did for a hot second, but like now a hysterical I'm fine. pregnancy. Yeah, but for sickness. Like a like a what is it called? Like a sympathy pregnancy? Where like the with the husband sympathetic starts, pregnancy. Is that when the husband starts getting sympath like pregnancy symptoms? Oh, I didn't right. know the husband did it. Yeah, they can start lactating and they can swell and stuff. You know, I used to like. You know what? Not no. Tell me. What? When I was a wean. Yes. Uh, when I was going through the change. The change? Yes. From what to what? From boy to man. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, puberty, Jake. Oh, um, yes. I leaked from my nipples. You had nipple leakage. I had nipple leakage, and I feel like not enough people talk about that. About your nipple leakage. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think the right amount of people do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say, no one. Um, until yeah. now. Until now. Like the town's I wouldn't call it lactating, but I definitely had leakage. What What was coming out? I didn't do any tests. Why not? <laughs> because I, like, you know, I told my mother because I was concerned, and she was like, that's fine. Back in the attic. <laughs> back, yeah, back in the attic, you absolute freak. What? Yeah. And what did she say? Because she is like a, what is it? It's a urologist? Is that what Urology she is? nurse. She's yes. a urological nurse. Yeah. Um, Which is, of course, irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> she's also just been a nurse for 40 years. Yes. Um, so what did she say? When she you was like, ah, like, oh, that happens. To whom? <laughs> to some people when you get puberty. It's like a, a build-up of like something in like I think it might be to do with lymph nodes. Okay, I don't know, but you know, you were leaking lymph from your. I nippies. was leaking lymph from my little nippies. Wow, uh, it stopped though. That's it stopped good. like <laughs> relatively soon after it started. Oh. Why am I talking about this again? Because it's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there was like a little lump under my nip. Uh-huh. And I could feel it swelling up. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my boobies are coming in. I got quite got like a little moment where I was like, am I developing breasts? Right. And I had to confront the very real possibility that I was like maybe gonna get boobs. 
God. All in private. Like you shared uh, all this in private. I shared this with no that 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 fact there I didn't share with anyone. I didn't even Mum, if you're listening, yeah, fully thought I was gonna have boobies. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, and I wasn't worried about it. I was quite excited. That's good that you came around to embracing something that never ended up happening. Yeah, now I really miss my hypothetical boobs. It's like when you no. Um, it's like what? It's, it's like good. when you you know you, it's like a relationship. Like you go on a date or something, and you think about what it's going to be, and then it never really follows through, and you mourn the relationship you never had. That's me with my fake tits. I can't relate to that because <laughs> you never go on dates. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Stop <laughs> crying. <laughs> Anywho, so yes. <laughs> so <laughs> puberty, Jasmine, Jasmine. <laughs> It is good we can work our way back through all this. Uh, um, so Flynn your... was sick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was my weekend. So I just spent most of the weekend playing my little video game. Yes. Oh, the Zomboid The one? Zomboid. Well remembered. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? It's not interesting to talk about. But I've gotten pretty far in the game and I'm pretty happy so far. That's good. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Had to cancel on two shows, which is a shame. Sure. That is a shame. It's a real shame. And I'm very sad. I was quite excited to see them. Um, but I didn't see them, and that's, you know... But that's life. Sometimes you are unable to go to things. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you had video, because I'm doing a lot of hand gestures right now to mm-hmm. sort of punctuate all that. Uh, so I would give my last few days... Let's think, let's think, let's think. 48. Okay, why? Because that's how many hours I genuinely thought in my teenage years that I might have boobs. Okay. Hmm. What about you, Jake? How was your weekend? Um, fine. Fine. Uh, yeah, it was a number of things, some of which I will speak about in, like, coming episodes, because it'll be more relevant to talk about them then. But beyond that, um, my morning this morning was just, like, working at my beloved restaurant job. Uh, that's how my morning went. He loves working at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hey, it's, hey, what? It's a really good skill to have. G- thank you. It's a skill that you can take anywhere. G- that is true. Did I tell you... <laughs> I don't think I told you this. Um, it was maybe like a couple of months ago and sort of like out of the blue, my father out of nowhere sent me this like screen grab of like uh, like a, one of those like Facebook articles that just sort of appear that like the algorithm determines that you're interested in reading about. Oh no. And it was this article that was like, people that work in hospitality have a higher level of like, of like social intelligence because they have to cope with so many people. And it's all these things about like the, the, the strength that is afforded to you intellectually and socially and professionally by working in hospitality. I'd rather just have money. <laughs> well, yes, but it was this pathetic thing of like <laughs> this weird, like unknowingly, like long-awaited approval from my father about my my true passion, which is serving being guacamole, waiting tables. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, no. Why does this feel like via his perspective, imaginarily? It's like, oh, what a big turning point for him to tell me that he's yeah, that is weird. That he's not embarrassed to have a waiter for a son. <laughs> and thank God for that, because that's what we were waiting for. Um, and that's what you've been waiting for. <laughs> oh! oh! Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Um, that's funny. My dad sometimes sends me memes. I never really react to them or reply to them, and I always feel bad about it, but I always appreciate them. So you're ghosting your father. I'm ghosting everyone in my life. I'm notoriously bad at replying to anything. Spooky. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> why, why do you think you're bad at replying? Are you bad at replying? That's me being bad at replying right now. Oh, I'm terrible at replying. I think I have, like... In my in my head, it's undiagnosed ADHD thing of like, I pick up my phone, I see the message, the notification's gone, and I go, good, I'll reply to that. And in my head, I've replied to it. Mm-hmm. And then I put my phone down, and I forget it's ever happened. Oh, you're one of those people. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then I'll think about it, and I'll remember it, and I'll be like, oh, it's too late now. They hate me. Mm. And then if I lose contact with anybody for like more than a week, I automatically assume that they hate me and they never want to speak to me again. Yeah. Which is why I've lost touch with a lot of people in my life. Well, that makes sense. But I do follow up with them, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, it's good to have a closure. Uh, so stars, go on. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ten stars Ooh. because this morning um, the restaurant had a total of two customers for the entirety of the lunch rush. <laughs> okay, where's the ten coming? Uh, the ten is that's how many margaritas they had because Whoa. it was you know it's Monday, so you get discount margaritas. Jesus, that's a fuck. That's a lot of margaritas. It is, but it's good value. Oh, I hate that tone you're taking with me. <laughs> you should get the guacamole with extra nachos. It's a little bit more, but it works out to be better between two people. With extra nachos. Ex- I don't know how restaurants work. I've been out of the game. Guacamole out of the game too long. <laughs> guacamole with extra nachos. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, James. Like, I'd like one burger with extra pizzas. <laughs> no, I mean like the chips on the side that you use for the dipping of the... Shut up, James. Let's talk about some theatre. Okay. Hello. Hi. 
Um, <laughs> I went to see the circus. Ah, I did. Um, I went to see a circus in Gasworks. Okay. With the... Great. What's that tone you've taken <laughs> no, with me all of a sudden? No, no, just your choice of prepositions was odd sounding. But no, continue. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on from that. So I went with my dear friend, Olivia Clark. Oh, she's a dear, is she's she? She's a dear, yes. Oh. I keep luring them in with cheese. Oh, yeah. And mm, now I have a little horde of dears. <laughs> so you went with Clarky Pants. We went with Clarky Pants. Oh, fun The company. last time I saw a show with Clarky Pants was another sexy circus last year. We saw, it was Oracle together. Oh, the horoscope you know, circus! You know Oracle. Deeply. Deeply. Oh, That's those Gemini Elfie, twins. Elfie Adelia. Elf, yes. Is also in that one. Yes. And, and did the face that you love so much. Yes, Elfie yeah. Adelia's dance face. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you spoke about that, I think, yesterday, like, the last episode. Pretty recently. Yeah, I yes. remember that stuck in my brain. Mm. Anywho. <laughs> um, so, this is Olivia Clark and I keeping our tradition alive of seeing sexy circus shows together. So, next year we'll need to see another sexy circus show of together. Course. Of yep. course. And we'll figure it out. Um, I want to read to you before I dive into this. Uh, uh, so, the show is all Rouge. Test for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's getting dated, Jake. Well, um, continue. Okay. Uh, so, the sh- uh, show, first of all, obviously called Rouge. Get that uh. out of the way. Um, and they seem entirely self supported and funded, which is usually like exciting. Uh-huh. I just think that's really nifty. Like, they have their supported by Patreons. Um, so go them. Uh, but I want to read... Patreons? It seems to be. I can't find anything else on any of their website. Unless they have like some sort of secret support from like the government. I like that you dug into their funding bodies. Oh, I tried. <laughs> you oh, tried. I tried to. <laughs> they're locked up. They're tighter than Fort Knox. I didn't realize you were such a financial guy. Yeah, I've got money. You've got money. Yeah. Okay. Some of it. You've got... The... Not all of it. Not yet. Not yet. One million dollars. Oh, good. <laughs> it's another Austin Powers reference. Anywho, I want to read to you some of their, um, about the show on their website. Because I think it really sets the scene for what sort of sexy this circus was. Okay. Because we've seen some sexy circuses in our time. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So, I'll, I'll skip some of it, but this is the main bit. We wanted to make a show that followed the way we think about sex. And that the first thing we wanted to do was not to take ourselves too seriously because if you're making a show about sex, let's start with the fact that sex can be silly and awkward and messy. The relationships can be complex. That funny is sexy and sex can be funny. We wanted to make a show that celebrated some of the things you don't see on stage very often. Queer relationships, including bisexual ones. Romance in non-exclusive relationships. Non-binary characters. Kink. Women having sexual freedom, autonomy and enjoyment in a way that isn't being played out for the men in the room. Men sharing intimate moments that aren't necessarily sex, although sometimes they are. Um, We wanted to provide a a space for our women to be fierce, strong, and powerful. We celebrate the male performers being vulnerable with each other. We wanted to show the characters that are fully formed people that our audience gets to know throughout the show. And we wanted to do this in a way that was fun, lighthearted, and not preachy. Mm. So that's the general... Uh, attitude towards the sex that happens in the show. And Jake, yes. when I tell you, to quote Nathan Lane from the producers, uh-huh. <laughs> even though I was sitting down, I was giving them a standing ovation. In terms of... <laughs> My erect penis! Oh, throughout the show. <laughs> oh god, yeah. This show okay. was sexy. Uh-huh. This show was really super duper sexy. Um, So it starts off, uh, so out comes Paul. And Paul is the MC. For the show, um, he immediately, it's, it's like a Tuesday night, I think we see the show, or Wednesday night. So he comes out and he's like, welcome to your average Tuesday night. Uh, and starts doing like the good old MC job for us, gets us warmed up. And at this point, we have no idea what to expect. Um, and they're all, it's just him. And yeah, he introduces, and then on come the cast. So we've got Jesse, Lizzie, Michaela, Maui, Lyndon. And then Paul, who was the MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to go through... As you've said in the past when we talk about circuses, it's kind of hard to discuss them from a theatrical point of view. Just because they are... Describing tricks to people is sort of like... It's really good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like listening to a description of a radio show. It's almost the essence of you have to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm going to focus a little bit on um, the vibes that they gave me. Good vibes are better to describe. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. Tricks are. Oh, shut up, Jay. <laughs> no, I'm excited to yeah. see how you One thing it. that this show accomplished that I think they, they nailed from the brief of what I just read you about what's on their website. Outside of your erection. Outside of my erection mm-hmm. and deliv- both of us being horny the whole time. Um, <clears throat> much like my mother and I were the daddy. Yes. <laughs> was Olivia as horny as your mother was? Hard to tell. I didn't ask. Um, so... 
Oh, we do have fun. Midsummer, it's a, it's a wonderful time. Um, anyhow. Uh, so, yes. uh, some of the things that they managed to achieve with this show were there were a lot of moments. For example, uh, Jesse and Maui at one point um, have a... Uh, sorry, Paul and Maui at one point have this really beautiful scene where Paul is sort of swinging from... You know when they get those big ribbons down from the ceiling? And like pink! Like like pink. <laughs> yes! My favourite circus performer slash pop star. You know she had the longest running touring show in the world? Wow. Okay, that's a lot of punk-loving lesbians. Well, it's exactly that. It's mm. a lot of mums is what it is. And sure. me. And you. I have a pink poster. You do. I do. Yeah. It used to be in this very, the door of this very room we're recording it. Yes, of yeah. the Truth About Love album. Anywho. Um, <laughs> so they're doing a pink and they're spinning around. <laughs> but the way they're able to, and this happened frequently throughout the show, and especially whenever two men would be on stage with each other, they would have this, as they described in the bio of the show, the, the about the show, really noticeable and lovely, vulnerable, sexy energy between the two of them that really made me sort of feel like you could feel the charge between these two people. Mm. And it really like carried across the show because quite often when you see a sexy circus show, it's like just two people being really sexy and going, kakada, kakada, look at how hot I am. But with this show, there was, I don't know, man, there was something about the the way that these two people would sort of look at each other, look each other in the eyes and like you would see the eyes lingering on each other's lips mm. and like the hands sort of brushing in just the right, it just read completely authentically and I just, I felt so enthralled with, especially for me as a gay man, these men being so horny for each other. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> Love sure. that a lot. Which was similar, I'd say, like to the like the Gemini twins and that in, in yes. Oracle. I think Oracle Gemini twins very much had that vibe. But for me, I think that was in that show one of the only times I was like, oh, full on gay. Like, <laughs> full on gay in that show. Like it was pretty gay, but that was full on gay. This was like full on everything. Whoa. Like that oh, yeah. Like across the show. Across the show. So that was like obviously a moment of gay. There was like there's there's a there was, I'm just gonna list a uh, there was a bun there was a funny moment when um uh Jesse, who was uh a whipper. You know the people that use the whips? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Just, Olivia and I were in the second row and we were scared. <laughs> of getting whipped. Of getting whipped! It came so close to us so many times and we got so scared. So, Jesse, well done. I wonder how many people, like, while learning to do the whipping, like, just lose faces. Like, there's gotta be... Like, it would not take... It would take a single miscalculation and you've lost your nose. Yeah. God. Yeah, I wonder. I do wonder as well, the statistics. Mm. One of the fun, like... The, the, the other three, I think it's, um... Uh, Paul, Maui, and Lizzie, I believe. Okay. Come on, dressed as like little reindeer. Okay. And they do like a little like reindeer thing where she, uh, where Jesse has like a strap on, mm. but instead of a dick, it's a carrot, mm. and she like makes them hold it, and she whips it out out of their hands and off them in like various ways, which is just a, a fun way of doing it. Yeah. Um, another star of the show, I would say, arguably for me, one of the most impressive additions to the show, uh, Michaela who is a singer, an opera singer, mm. and a full-blown belting aria, like, walked out of, like, the Australian opera singer. Gosh. Really fantastic. And always dressed in this, fan like, beautiful red... Everyone was wearing red for the show, by the mm. way. Like, this... Dare I say rude? You, yes. Oh? Oh? <laughs> it just clicked in here. It just clicked. Shut up, I'm dumb. <laughs> um, but one of the great things about Michaela is she has this authentic, awe-inspiring presence where mm. she just walks on stage and people applaud because she just carries herself in this way of, oh, you know who you are. <laughs> and that's something that I always just, I drool for. Okay. So, what? <laughs> no, the idea of being a person <laughs> whose entrance gets them an applause. Yeah, literally. Yeah, no, that's no, that's funny. And I just think of versions of things like outside the, like, the SNL thing of just being a huge deal celebrity. But, yeah. like, wh what sort of entrance from a person you've never seen in your life would warrant an applause? And I'm just thinking of, like, is her outfit made out of, like, fireworks? <laughs> uh, her outfit's beautiful. It's right. like a big red dress. She changes, but she has, like, always, like, a beautiful red dress. And she has this expression on her face that's just so reassuring. It's so, like, it's smug, but in a way that you look at and you go, you deserve to be smug. <laughs> I'd be smug if I were you too. Mm -hmm. um, and like multiple moments of the show that she was on and singing really stole it for me. Like one, she comes out and she is singing um, 
I can't remember what the song was, it's some sort of beautiful opera, and she climbs into the audience over the first rows, the whole time singing this, and, and keeping this tune, climbing over the first two rows of people, mm. and sort of like scaring people all of a sudden with her voice, which was just very funny. That's funny. Really funny. Another one, she comes out and she's got this huge dress with like a huge skirt, and as she sings, and as she gets to like the point, high points of the arias, she starts clearly having like an orgasm. And then each time she finishes from under the skirt, one of the cast members comes out. Mm. And like, it's obvious they've been like giving her kind of lingus under that skirt. That's funny. Yeah. Which is very funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Michaela's edition is just like, it's, cause, you know, there's always a singer in the circus, but when it's like an opera singer, I just think that's classy. There's always a singer in the circus? I feel like often the host is someone that does a little bit of singing. Like, very, like the MC is often someone that does a bit of singing, mm-hmm. like, as well. So, sure. but like, this was like a dedicated opera singer, and that was her thing, and it really worked. Okay. Um, Paul, who I already mentioned as the MC, um, does a lot of burlesque dance, and th- th- there's this incredibly... And I'm, again, I'm so sorry to be so horny on this radio, but incredible body, just like bur- like moving his body like a Magic Mike dancer, and also just like really flirty with everyone in the audience. And I mean everyone in the audience. He was just eye fucking us all the whole time, and um, really generous in terms of being a complete idiot on stage, mm. just like really letting himself be a fool, having fun, making jokes. Um, you know, obviously on purpose, but getting dance moves, mo- uh, dance moves wrong, and um, letting himself be the clown. Mm. So he sort of filled the clown role of the show while still being just so good at being sexy. Um, Lyndon and Maui are the other sort of acrobatic men in the show. Um, goes without saying, I just don't understand how people maintain these bodies. It's just in a level of work that I could never do, and I say hats off to you, but I can't do it. Well done. I think if you were an acrobat, it would help. <laughs> yeah, Jake. You know? Like, yeah. You know, functional exercise. Yeah, probably! You know? But you see how <laughs> I just said I couldn't do that? Yeah. But you said you couldn't have the body. I think if you made it part of your life that you had to be an acrobat. It's, it's fucking, like, it's well, you know how, like, George of the Jungle has a great body because oh, he uses vines to get stop. around? I'm already so erect. Exactly, oh you my know? God. So if you're just like, yeah. They smothered him in Vaseline. Like, I don't know what they did to get him so shiny. You don't think Brendan Fraser was just naturally that shiny? I, he was pretty shiny in The Whale. Maybe he's a shiny man. Well, I think he was really large and wearing a lot of stuff in The Whale. <laughs> that made him sweaty. Okay. And then he got raptured. Then he got... Don't spoil the end Sorry, of the Sorry, guys, he got raptured. God, I wish the um, whale were good. Why couldn't it just, just been a good movie? Though they should do a crossover with the bear. Yeah. I don't understand how people are watching... The, I guess I do understand how people are watching... I, I watched the People first, who have never worked in hospitality are watching the bear. That's the thing. I watched the first episode of The Bear, and I was like, I can't watch this. It no, makes me think of work all the time. It's, it's traumatic to watch. And people are like, you should watch The Bear. It's really good. Like, I don't need to watch The Bear. Now, honestly, liking The Bear is almost... It's either classism or it's like privilege. Like, you can watch no. The Bear as if it's like some world you have no understanding of, and it's like, wow, what a, what a wonderland. It's like, God, no, they're misunderstood. It's like, no, they're mentally ill. No, it's like, I don't, I don't cry regularly in cool rooms so that you can watch a fictionalised mm. version of the worlds that I unwillingly belong to. The Princess Theatre stairwell mm. has soaked up so many of my tears. Oh my god. It's not funny. Yeah, my yeah. god. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. I've had a nightmare where we were trapped in that cool room, like five of us, mm. and every now and then one of us would have to leave the cool room and we weren't quite sure why, but one of us would have to leave and there was just the shared understanding that we were never going to come back and they were always going to be gone. Oh god. Yeah. Anywho. No. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. the bear is for rich people. And going to beat, and the whale would probably beat it. If you dropped a whale on a bear. If you dropped a whale on a bear, yes. Yep. Yep, I think that's fair. But also if a whale were washed up on the beach and a bear came across it, I think the bear would win. Oh, totally. I mean, the whale would already be dead. They've invented a new syringe that they can use to uh, kill a whale that's beached. To like kill it, a whale? Because it, it's, it's hard to get the syringe into the heart because they're so big. Uh-huh. So they've invented this new fuck-off syringe that they can just go, boom, dead whale. Oh, why wouldn't they make it a pill? You think Is that a stupid thing to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Open up, Mr. Whale. As opposed Wrap, to just... Wrapped in like a big piece of bacon or something. <laughs> as opposed to the longest syringe you've ever seen. I don't think you understand how medicine works. I don't know. And also, don't whales explode when they die? Well, yeah, but they it's either that or let them die slowly over the course of like three days or something. But has, does this syringe prevent them from exploding? No, I think that's a separate issue. So they will still explode. Yeah, but they will kill them immediately and then get them, like, I don't know, sawed up for pieces. Sorry, trigger warning, Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they kill the whale so it doesn't suffer for a long time. Yep. 
And then... The and then it explodes. <laughs> Jake, do you think that when a whale... Sorry, guys, we'll get back to the... Sorry, Rouge, we'll get back to you. Do you think that when a whale dies... Yes. <laughs> like, within the next five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. it explodes immediately? Yes. <laughs> Is that a genuine answer? That's absolutely true. Is that not what happens? How long does it take to explode? Like, it takes however long the carcass, after mm. it's died, to swell with all the gas that's, it, that's made from all the rotting pieces of body. So it takes a really long time. So the town will have time to evacuate. The town will have time to come together and, like, make more holes in the whale to release the gas. Oh, okay. What a beautiful time for them. <laughs> I don't think... Again, I don't think they're getting... I don't think they're going door to door and be like, Hey, townsfolk, it's time to do your duty. You know what? Back to Bruce. I'm okay. done. We're done. Sure. <laughs> this has gone too far. Another moment in the show I want to draw attention to, um, Lyndon and Jesse, who was the whipper, also used the seer wheel? Question mark? C-Y-R. Sire? C- that's the whole word? Seer. C-Y-R. How do you know how to spell it? Because I looked them up and what they did. It's a big hula hoop is what it is. Oh. Like it's a big hula hoop big enough for them both to fit in. Oh. And they do that and they spin around in it. And they, you know when they, when they let it fall and they sort of effortlessly float with it and then like pick it up and let it go. Oh, the thing where it's like if you drop like a 20 cent coin and it yeah. rolls around for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like but they're in it the whole time. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, which was like always impressive to see. But they also then carried this really beautiful and this sort of I think feeds into that idea of uh, portraying like sexuality from the point of view of like not the male gaze. It's like seeing both Jesse and Lyndon have this really beautiful connection where they sort of seem to be like quite authentically just in absolute awe of each other mm. the whole time was really lovely. And I just found myself like genuinely believing that these two are falling in love in front of me. Mm. And to do that in a circus, my God, well done. God, that's nice. Really lovely. Yeah. Um, uh, Last but not least, uh, Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie, who is just another influence. Like, all of these people worked together so beautifully to make this show what it was. Uh, Lizzie was did one of those things where they they do, like, they hold on to, like, the little blocks on metal poles and then they, like, turn upside down and, like, do a bunch of acrobatic stuff mm. in that. Yeah. And then, like, one of the poles is taken away and then they only have two. And then one of the poles is taken away and they only have one. And I just think, yeah, again, anytime people do that, I just think... I fucking love the circus because it shows me what the human body can do. Mm-hmm. And once again, this circus did the thing that I know I've spoken about before. And Rouge, this is a testament to you guys' performers. You know when you see a circus and you don't know when to applaud because you don't know what looks difficult because they're so good at doing it. Sure, yes. Yeah, that happened a few times. But but Paul at the start amped us up and just told us to be loud whenever we could. So I was once again this character in the circus who was the loudest freak there. <laughs> um, you know when I saw Hot Summer Nights and I was just like... Like really loud and annoying. Yeah, I did the same thing for this show. I'm sure they would have appreciated that. Oh sure, and people got into it, and eventually, like I wasn't the only one. But you were but the captain of the volume. I was the captain of the volume. <laughs> no, I just mean I was the one going like, because I very much am like an 1800s civilian seeing like a circus for the first time and dirty. Thinking... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <Jake>. Um, <laughs> no, just like in awe and and genuinely convinced they're going to die the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, anywho. Um, I think this, was, this show was like, and I, it's, shut sorry. up. No, sorry. I think it's fun to think that these people are up there, all these like fucking like trapeze tissues and you're yeah. like, no, <laughs> get down the whole time. Yes. I'm like, oh, ooh. really wonderful. Really wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, this circus, I think was a really nice, and this is going to sound silly, circus answer to queer, you know? Okay. It's not just a circus that's doing like specifically queer acts. It's like it's got queer ethos through it in that it's all different forms of love, all different forms of expressing it through the circus. Mm. Um, and I think they did a real. I just think they did a really good job of it. And it for me, I found this midsummer, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later on, maybe in the next episode. There are like there's one or two shows that I've seen that have sort of prompted the question: This is all well and good, and this is a fun show to watch, but why is it in midsummer? Yeah. What's what's the queer element to this show? Mm. Um, and I think I think this show for me was sort of like the the opposite of that of like oh circus with like a bunch of actors that aren't necessarily queer as far as I know but who knows but this show really does sort of echo like queer um, queer ideology and queer thoughts and I just I, yeah think it really secures its spot. Uh. Yeah, so that was just something that I thought. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jake? No, no, I get that. No, because yeah, we've sort of like talked about it like off microphone about. Mm. 
about the thing of like things being in midsummer but not necessarily having much queerness at the forefront of them and yeah. really having to kind of like dig for it and I get the thing of like people defining queerness as just anything that seems to stray away from like the heteropatriarchal understanding of what society feels like and like mm. that's super valid too but it's it's I don't know when I, I sort of like even yeah in my earliest days of accessing Midsummer and going to things it was like it, it was in order to experience queer stories and specifically yeah. for me at least like a lot of early on at least gay stories specifically so when that queerness yeah. is kind of missing it feels a little bit deceptive is too strong <laughs> it's far too strong well, but it's like but, I'm, but it's like th- that's the reason that the festival exists and it's why you attend things at the festival so when the queerness seems to be mm. maybe like the seventh or eighth quality that the show has it it's does a bit like uh, this is maybe yeah. taking up space for something else potentially like, do the know, fringe it's just sure yeah. yeah it just feels a little bit like oddly and maybe this is unfairly territorial in my like queer mind but no yeah, but I think it that's just feels kind like of the point unwelcome. I think that is it's, it, it is that territorial thing of like no you stop you can't get yeah yeah. I don't want to get aggressive. But also, we in the past do know people who have done a show for Midsummer and then just in post made it a bit gayer so they could do it for Midsummer. Sure. Like, <laughs> we I know think, that's happened. Yeah, but honestly, I th- <laughs> honestly, I think that's kind of like funny and layer. <laughs> like, I think at least they're acknowledging like, okay, this isn't appropriate. So let's kind of artlessly <laughs> alter this thing or add this thing. It's like, okay, yeah, that feels like kind of like clumsy, almost like arbitrary art making. Yeah. But at least you've acknowledged the shortcomings of your work and have altered them in order to make it appropriate. And then didn't acknowledge any of the other parts. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think there's dishonesty to it. But, yeah. I, but I think at least that artistic, sure, that's that artistic activity, I think, it. has some integrity to it. I think, you know, I think yeah. it's, a, it, again, I think it's a bit lame, Yeah, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Because I think too, and it's like, as, as I'll take a leaf out of like your, you three, ten, like three sentences ago, yep. the thing of like not wanting to seem aggressive, but it's even the thing of like, I don't know, there seems to be this trend emerging in the last five years or so, especially I think that people have become rather comfortable and people broadly speaking throughout media, I suppose, have like become very comfortable, like with many cultures, but to talk about queerness specifically, like have certainly felt fine with like picking elements of queerness picking like a, a letter mm. from the lgbtqia plus yeah. acronym thing mm. and very comfortably just deciding that they're allowed to co-opt components of it well it's like you say with um the straight men wanting to just participate in parts of gay culture without any of the hang-ups sure sure which which i do think is a net positive i think that I version agree. of things but i think when it comes to commodifying things like that that's almost in a capitalist society kind of the essence of cultural appropriation i mean disney in the pride march was a bit confusing sure that's confusing um, and I think, I don't know, I even have, I, I struggle with the idea of even, like, a lesbian writing, a, like, a, for example, a lesbian writing a story about two gay men falling in love and that book yeah. making that lesbian millions of dollars. Like, somehow that, rightly or not, that, that, like, makes mm. me uncomfortable. Yeah, it gets very grey and murky when you start sort of trying. I think it's it's one of those classic things, the more and more we try to put little labels and borders on things, mm. the more and more confusing it gets. And the less and less it makes sense. And the more and more nuanced it gets and the more different shades of grey that you get. Totally. Um, and You know what they say about shades of grey? What? They're sexy. That, do they? <laughs> 50 of them. Oh, sure. Yes. Yes? <laughs> Is that why are you doing confident eyebrows at me as if you just made a solid like point? What are you... Because I did. You did? Yeah. All that is to say... <laughs> That I think Rouge really hit the nail on, like, <laughs> a wonderful walking the line of making it queer circus. Right, right. Yeah, which was really lovely to see. Like, its queerness was one of its, like, foundational components. Well, it felt distinctly different from other circuses that I had seen, in that I was like, oh, like, in other circus, I don't, I don't quite know how to describe it. It just felt like... I a, think you're describing it quite well. Oh, thanks, Jake. Yeah. A, a full, <laughs> cheers, mate. A full expression of, like, everyone was... It just felt like... You could see everyone in the show was represented. It was just so lovely. Like, mm. lesbians, bisexual, uh, gay, straight, pan, asexual. It just felt like everyone was in there. Mm-hmm. It felt lovely. It just sure. felt really nice. That's lovely. Yeah, and all forms of love as well. Like, relationships with, between two people, between male, more people, between no people. And that's cool. For, <laughs> that's cool for them to achieve such a level of, like, inclusivity, representation, and, uh, I don't know, I guess, like... A, poignancy I suppose like based on the mm. way that you're describing things yeah, like really. the, the, the fact that they managed to convey quite complicated things while with the circus of course being something that isn't traditionally and it seems like also in this instance not a highly like wordy oh enterprise. it's silly it's, it's, it's but silly it, but it's not as if there's a lot of like a lot of like detailed narrative going mm. on like it's yeah. almost I don't know it's almost like 
Italianly, operatically, like, mm. vague and, like, wordless in the way that it conveys things. Mm. Well, but, it's purely about, like, what it can make you feel. Like, it can't really make you... Can't, yeah, it can't speak at you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, via things that aren't language, it can convey such interesting things. Mm. Yeah. And such specific things. I'm excited for their sequel. Called what? Crimson. Why do you think that's the name of the it's sequel? another shade of red. You think they're going to stick to the red for They a while? better stick to the red. The red's good. They better stick to the red. Hey, James. Oh my god, hi, Jake. Hi. I went to the Motley Bauhaus. Oh! Yeah, um, I went there to see Sauna Boy by oh. Dan Ireland Reeves. Great. Fun. Which space, upstairs or down? <laughs> the downstairs one. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a one-man show. Mm-hmm. I went there with the most beautiful puppet maker in the country. Yes, whose name shall remain secret. It's a secret. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, we went there and it was it was a play we saw for Midsummer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm caught in a loop. <laughs> you are on a roll here, my friend. Um, so... So it's a play about a guy working in a sauna, like a gay, like sex sauna Ooh. in England. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I didn't know they had saunas over there. Yeah, apparently they does, yeah. Didn't but- realise they bathe in England. <laughs> um, but yes, so, and that's kind of what it is. Like it, it, it feels like as a theatrical experience, it feels very anecdotic. It feels very autobiographical. And it, just in the way that it's like, it's structured the way that the stories unfold. Like it doesn't feel like a, like a, it certainly doesn't feel like fully fictional it's certainly like even with the way that it structurally unfolds it feels additionally factual because it is not the shape of a normal narrative it's more the shape of a series of stories like honestly the way that everything's settled like the way the stories are kind of stuffed into it and the way that it's kind of like like even like if you were to draw the arc of the story like it's quite Kind of like a soft upward semicircle, as opposed to the more traditional like heart rate monitor looking yep. depiction of a of a narrative arc. Peaks and troughs. Peaks and troughs. And so, and in that way, it almost felt like I came out of it. Like one of the things that me and the puppet maker came out of it talking about was that element of it, like the shape of the story and the feeling of the story. Mm. And we kind of came to yeah, sort of had two different opinions about it. And I think mine was like it felt almost like the content of the entire show would make like a good season of television. Like it was the sort of thing where it was like the way the characters would surface when they would reappear the different journeys that we went on throughout the entire thing. Like you could see very comfortably like eight episodes of television quite tightly told. And it felt like the content of the thing could really beef those things out. What would you call it? Probably Sauna Boy. Probably Um, Sauna Boy. Yeah. (laughs) I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Lovely. That's a lot of of meat stuffed in that burrito. (laughs) What did you say? A lot of meat stuffed in that burrito. Yes. (laughs) It's a saying I just came up with. Yeah. <laughs> about how much story is in that one man show. So the story itself is about like a struggling actor who needs a job and money and finds this like sexy gay British sauna, gets a job there, and then it's just kind of about like the exploits and the hijinks and the characters that happen when like while working at this place. I am so scared to go to a gay sauna. How come? I've, well, I've never been. Have you ever been? No. No. Um, <laughs> right. So we are the right people to be talking about this. Uh, no, I like how I sounded like, why are you scared, pussy? It's oh, like, God. Oh, yeah, I would never go. I'm scared, too. <laughs> I just wish you hadn't asked. Um, no, I think I'm just scared because of all my... Well, famously, I, I am scared of mean gays, and I assume that any gay that is attractive is a mean gay. Like Matt Cavanino. Like like Matt Cavanino, who's actually lovely. Mm. Um, but but I, in my head, did not know that and would think that he's mean and evil. Mm-hmm. Just like I think every good-looking gay... That's why I think you're so lovely, Jake. Uh, oh, James, James, James. No one's chanting okay. unless they're bullies. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that's part of my hang up is I always assume those spaces are just full of like mean homosexuals that would just point at me and laugh at my penis. What you if know? they're full of hideous, kind people? Or some third option. What's the third <laughs> option? Average looking, boring people. Honestly, I'd take that. I would take the average looking boring Like people. there are three stock characters <laughs> yeah. that gay men can be. Which ones are we? <laughs> Write in, let us know. I love how Midsummer has taught us so much about the multifaceted nature of gay men. You can be a daddy, a twink. <laughs> End of list. <laughs> End of list. Anything else? Get out! Uh, yeah, would you want to go to a sauna? I'd love to go to a sauna. To, to, just to quickly wrap that up, I would love to go to a sauna and yeah. I'd love to overcome that fear. Uh, and it's a conversation that, I don't know if Flynn's happy with me talking about this, but I'm going to do it! <laughs> <laughs> Him. Um, it is something that we've both sort of been interested in doing. Like, just if anything, I know, interested from the point of view of like, it's a part of gay 
culture and history, like mm. cruising, like that sort of stuff. It's definitely something that I know I'd like to experience for that reason. Baby, let's cruise <laughs> away. <laughs> it's a song. I don't know if it existed before the movie duets. It probably did because the whole premise is a karaoke bar and those songs are not original songs. I don't know. <laughs> but Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey Lewis sing cruising together anyway. I <laughs> Had a you, stroke you know what's then. much more interesting than me talking about the soundtrack of duets? Talking about sauna boy? <laughs> Is he talking about you and Flynn wanting to go to a sauna and engage with the history of gayness? Yeah, I would yeah. love to. Would really much love to. Yeah. Um, I just think, yeah, it's you don't want to get to the end and look back and think the end oh, of life. Of life, yeah. Yes. Uh, which could be sooner than we think. <laughs> it could, could go at any time, Jake. Yes. Like right now, no. <laughs> um, anywho, um, but you know, you don't want to look back and go, God, I wish I gone to that sauna or I wish I'd done X, Y or Z it's such a boring and classic thought but it's true um, and I think yeah for that reason I would like to tick all those boxes so boys <laughs> time to tick my box <laughs> sure that's good but also the thing too of like I don't know with a, like a couple of things that I've talked about lately on this podcast it's like if you're not the person that is able to enjoy that thing then I don't know like I, yeah, I, but you didn't know you would enjoy rope that's true, and I really enjoyed the you rope. You really enjoyed the rope. For sure. And yeah. I, I think that is living proof that, like, you just got to try it. Yeah, and also in the spirit of Daddy, in the spirit of mm-hmm. Brent Thorpe, yep. Yep. it's like, yeah, try things. And oh, then, God. Then, as he says, like, I've been thinking about that thing you said that he said, the thing of, like, when you're in the coffin, like, it's not as if you're taking yep. all your hang-ups and your shame with you. It's like, so don't let them live alongside you. Exactly. Why would you carry them until the end? So go to the sauna. Oh god, I see what I've done now. What, you've boxed yourself <laughs> into it. I've boxed myself into the sauna. Well, I'll talk to Blim. God, you have to be brave now, or you're a hypocrite. <laughs> wow. I'm happy being a hypocrite, that's fine. That should We may or may not already disagree with everything we've said on this podcast. <laughs> sure. And friends don't let friends uh, that is not a watch bl- the bear. It's not a blank check for hypocrisy. Oh, here we go! <laughs> I'm not a hypocrite. I just changed my mind. Yeah. And that's actually mature. So, so tell I, me more about Sauna so Boy. The show was called Sauna Boy. The poster was very like shirtless and wearing a towel. That's how very much the poster was. Well, very Midsummer. Very Midsummer. And uh, produced by Gavin Roach. which is Another a, one. Yes. Jesus. That Roach. Just the man of a sleep. The, the Roach loves to roach. Ro- roach. Oh, Roach gonna roach. That's true. Roach be roaching. <laughs> um, Gavin, you can use all this. <laughs> um, yeah, but for that reason, I was like, okay, this show is going to be like six in terms of like content and stuff which I suppose it was but also almost in equal measure it was very businessy oh which I wasn't seeing coming was it more about like the business financial end of a bathhouse a little because oh. it was like it was a very small handful of people working in this sauna that were like trying to make it work like, there was one person running the entire thing and then sort of like immediately under that was kind of everyone else that was working there which again was like a small like boy band's worth of people and Do so you mean four? And four like four or five <laughs> Um, and uh, but yeah, a lot of it was like the th- like one of the through lines of the entire thing was like Dan coming into this um, th- th- this predicament businessly and wanting like him having a few goals that he wanted to achieve in the business for yeah. the business and then sort of like what kind of book ended the thing of like okay I've got these business goals and let's see if I can achieve these business goals. Oh, um, interesting! It- I, I that idea of that angle had not even occurred to me no me either and I think that's why it felt so non-fictional because it's like oh that's not what you would like naturally go to necessarily Mm. in terms of like okay we're telling like a sexy story about a sauna let's make sure that we hammer home the business goals the accounts aren't in order yeah whereas like that was one of the things that really made it feel like the whole show by the end like on top of feeling like a like a decent pitch for a TV show it was also a thing where it felt like oh that almost felt just like a really interesting conversation that I had with a person Mm. doing like a one-sided conversation of a lunch. Which sort of feels like one of these classic if you had to make a cabaret about your life, what would it be? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love that sort of show. Yeah, Yeah, great. Mm. Yeah. Um, But yes, so that occurred and um, Dan did this thing that I know you like of the the thing of like when there are like different characters he does different voices for them. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, yes. What do you mean just... Everyone loves that. That's half the fun. We do that. <laughs> yes, but I think you're a bigger fan than many. <laughs> what do you mean? Let me just ask Gonky. Hello! <laughs> I'm back from the chimney that I live in. That's Gonky, everyone. He's a character from an episode, few few episodes. Yes, ago. but I think it's especially, ch- I don't know, it's nice the way that it feels like it's almost that quintessential tropey, recognizable thing of like, when I was growing up in New York City, <laughs> I knew a lot of characters. <laughs> My aunt, my aunt Jemima. <laughs> oh boy! 
who's also Mickey Mouse. <laughs> she voiced Mickey Mouse. Little known fact about Aunt Jemima. Um, like, what? What is that? Like, is that like? A fi- is there a major financial crisis going on? Um. Oh, debatably a crisis, but it's like trying to run a sauna and try to make it profitable. Like, it can be complicated. Just give handjobs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the part that was baffling them. Really? It's just sex work is work, Jake. A large. Th- I know sex work is work. It's just, but so is heating a sauna. You know? Oh yeah. You know, ancient Romans used to do that. They used to have heated baths. Doesn't seem like it would be that hard. Um. <laughs> Again, we're back to the whiplash. Go on. Are you? <laughs> but you're clear that what I'm saying. Yeah. Is no, that I the, get it. I get the it. The paying for the heat is the part. Yes, that, I understand. Yes, not the fun- like not yes. Like- Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Just double checking. It's really hot in this room. Again, I need you all to know, we're once again doing this on like a 37, 38 degree day. Uh, we're in the room with no air conditioning. I'm currently shirtless um, and dripping. So factor that into all the things I say. Yes, vividly picture that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just enjoying this in the wake of our conversation about the whale. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. Time to get raptured. As I assume, I never saw it. You never saw the whale? No, because I know he gets raptured. I'm not going to watch it now. Because... <laughs> Why? Because you're so anti-rapture? I just, like, you know, it's like, oh. And also, he doesn't explicitly get raptured. Hmm. What, what? You're doubting me? Yeah. Um, something that I found interesting about it was the thing of, like... The, it felt like, based on like the jokes that were getting laughs, and even like based on like the demographic of the people in the audience, like me and Canadian man were like by far the youngest ones in the room. Like for the oh. most part, everyone else in the audience was like forty-five or older year old gay men. Oh, very daddy crowd, Motley Bauhaus. They're pulling in the the older gay man crowd. I suppose so. Mm. Yes, and like the jokes that were getting guffaws were the jokes that were like about saunas. Like they were very sauna specific. Ooh. So it was really interesting to be like in a subculture within a subculture. Is how it felt. Yeah, it's totally. Like, I'm in gay man, <laughs> which is the sentence I wanted to use. I'm in gay men, mm-hmm. but then I'm also in like the sauna crowd while watching this show. You know, were there any like surprising laughs that struck you as like specifically sauna weird? <laughs> well, one example was like, and I guess this isn't like sauna sauna specific, but it it was like in that family of gag where it was like someone it was it was about how the consistency of fisting lube, mm. sorry, trigger warning, Crisco. <laughs> it's whatever it is is like yeah, apparently it's very like thick and stringy, like like mm. Spider Man mm. webs. It's something so there was a joke about that that got a, like a smattering of giggles from people that seemed to really be like a smuttering a smuttering yeah. yes <laughs> um, that type of thing so it was like it was really telling the way that it was like yeah these these jokes that are very sauna specific were getting these laughs off people is fisting a very sauna specific well, that's why thing? I say that's not a perfect example okay right but right, it was right, the sort right, of thing right. where it was like that was an example of like oh the only people that would laugh at that are people that have had an experience with fisting lube you yeah, know? Okay, okay. So totally. in a similar way, like the jokes that were specifically th- about things like about the towels or about how the rooms function or about how like how structurally mm. and functionally a sauna operates, a thing that I have no understanding of. Yeah. But it was like it was these like corners of things where I don't know. As with any like when you watch stand up comedy and if the, the the comedian belongs to it like a like a social group that you don't belong to, mm. but they reference things that get giggles from. You know, the, the, the people that that resonates with, it's like, oh, it's like very telling and interesting. And it's yeah. like, yeah, if you're not on, like in the in-group, you get a vibe of like, oh, this is what they talk about. This is what their world is like. And I don't belong to it because if I did, I'd know these so things. So you got a glimpse of sauna land. I got a glimpse of sauna land. And also too, and this is not a negative thing, but what was really interesting to mm. me, mm. like sociologically, was like... Anthropologically. Men, <laughs> yes, anthropologically, men, once they hit 45... All seem to smell the same. <laughs> what does that mean? What do they smell like? Because, for, so this is like a tone thing in terms of like the room, I guess. And this is all a connected thought with the scent thing. <laughs> um, the, the room itself, coming to see a show, which, a, a style of show that I've gone to before, talked about on this podcast before, a show that is like, kind of like sexual, having just spoken about the idea of like shows having qualities and and imagine like the top five qualities a show has and whether mm. or not queerness exists in that in that hierarchy. Yes. Like for, for one of the top five qualities of this show to be sexiness and shows that you go to that have sexiness in like their top five qualities yep. tend to attract a type of crowd. Yep. Um, and you know, and there's like a, typically like a, like a horniness or an assumed horniness to that type of crowd. Mm. And then it being a show that, you know, 
like a naked man in a towel on the poster. It's called Sauna Boy. It's about working in a sauna. It's gay. It's during midsummer. That, you know, there's that. And then on top of that too, um, you're at the Motley Bauhaus in the downstairs space. It's like a little brick room mm. <laughs> in the middle of Melbourne. Yep. Um, and it's, it has that kind of like an almost like undergroundy kind of like sexy dungeon vibe to yes, it. Yes, it does. You fill that up with 45-year-old men. You bring out a guy telling this sexy story about working in a sauna. And Jake's having a gazzy. And, well, but it's like, but it's even that thing too, like with the subject matter and the environment and the people there, it's like... <laughs> You could, you could almost feel like almost like a I don't know you're you're like a particular collection of gestures away from it like turning into a very sexual event Ooh. just because of that alchemy of all of those things happening at once mm. you know like it truly did feel like and I think part of this was fueled by anxiety but also part of it was fueled by like my I don't know inescapable gayness this thing of like I don't know, like, I was very aware of, like, every time the man next to me... The like, stranger. The stranger beside... It's like, I was very aware, more so than even ever, it was, like, how often our elbows were bumping against each other, Ooh. you know? Like, I was very aware of, like, where his shoulder was and yeah. where his knee was, you know? Um, and it was just... I don't know, there was this sense of, like... And this is not a negative thing, but it was, like... Yeah. There was, like, something in the air. There was the content of the show. It was, like, all these gay men being in a room together. And 45-year-old men all smell the same. <laughs> but what do you mean by that? I... Th- I just think, and I don't know how to describe what the scent is, but it's the thing of like when I've spent prolonged period of time, periods of time with gay men north of 45, they have this scent to them. And I don't know, I guess I've never experienced it like collectively before, but it's like there's something, I, I don't, I, I guess part of me had assumed, oh, they just all wear the same cologne. But like, like, I don't know if this is like a delusional thing to say, but somehow it felt like, like the room smelled. You think <laughs> that every man north of 40. Yeah. Got together and said, hey, let's all wear uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's like the scent was that of men north of 45. Potentially gay men specifically. Somehow if, the smell you, of the room was man of that age. If you think that that, that, that is true, if you, you have a theory on men above the age of 45. Are you talking to me? Smelling, dear listener. Okay. <laughs> right in. <laughs> but I did not think that until I was in this room with these men and it was like, oh my God, this is that smell. Wow. Was something. I mean, that's, that is something. I mean, the fact that you felt like it could have turned into an orgy at any point is also something. <laughs> that's that's, I don't know if that smell is something. Maybe it's connected to pheromones or something. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, wouldn't that be something? It could be something. Yeah, I don't know. But that was just something. So it was like, it was that, that thing where like the energy was teetering on the brink of like, I don't know. It was just like a very like masculine, sexual, homosexual, like theatrical oxygen thing happening. <laughs> <laughs> Which was oh, a cool, just one of those things. Which was, which was an interesting and immersive way to experience a show about saunas. Totally, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, um, yeah. Something that me and Canadian man were talking about afterwards was the idea of seeing this show like in a sauna, like the idea of, and it seemed like, and part of what our conversation was is like, it felt like the audience that was there that night would have gone to see this show if it was staged in a sauna, and we all had to watch it wearing towels. God, that would have been an OHS nightmare, Jake. Why slipping? Slipping. Wet floors. Do you think gay saunas are just full of people breaking their hips? Yeah, but if you if you open that show up to people, that means anyone can come along. Well, I think you'd have to. I don't know. There'd be like you know, the people would be warned about stuff, slipping. Y- yes, <laughs> people are capable. Obviously, of- I think that's an interesting idea, and I would love to go and see a show in a sauna. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, sauna boy. Do you think that's a point you made? <laughs> just <laughs> saying the title assertively. I, I I love to say the title. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, yeah, that's a truly insane thing to say. Okay. <laughs> um, so I stand by it. So I'm, I guess I'm still stuck on you being afraid of going to saunas. You truly sure. think like your like irrational fear part of you thinks that you'll go and the people there will be like really hot and really mean and laugh at your penis. Okay. <laughs> no, I've got a great penis. I don't think I'll laugh at it. Uh-huh. I think um, if we're being real, obviously I think the fear is just, it's just, it's ultimately fear of the unknown. I think is it's just like the idea of walking into it and also walking into it with with Flynn being in a relationship. There's the inbuilt fear that he and I have already discussed that is like, what if you find someone and fall in love with them? Like you know, like what if you leave me? Like that very mono relationship um, fear is a part of it. But also, I think um, I am not super sexually confident around multiple people. Okay. Uh, so I think being around like multiple people, I would sort of get very shy. And I, I don't know. Who knows? Until I get in the space, I don't know. But I think there's just a whole lot of unknowns that make me just feel real apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you'd be very confident at a, 
At a sauna? At a sauna. Uh, I'm sorry, your neighbours are smoking weed and I can smell it so strongly. Yeah, it does that, doesn't it? Jesus. That's the burden of living so close to really cool people. I'm going to go down there and just... Yeah, it really wafts through. It wafts up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're living in a cool area. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, yes. To go back to your question. Uh, no, I think a sauna... Like, I think the thing stopping me from believing that I'd have a good time at the... Like, at a sauna is the thought of, like... I don't know. I think... I'm... In terms of engaging with sex, I think I'm just, like... Even to have, like, one-on-one sexual encounters... I think it requires for it for it to be a thing that I expect myself to really enjoy. It needs to be with like a person that I know or care about or something. I, I don't know. Oh, that's true. That's the really lame thing about you. That's <laughs> I suppose. Like I'm, I'm capable of also being like spontaneous and strange, but I think for the most part, yeah, I think, mm. yeah. So I think it's just a matter of like, I think me knowing my anxieties and such, which are a boring topic to even bring up, but um, yeah, the thought of going to a sauna, all I can really envision is it being like, like a social event which is already stressful even mm. if everyone had their clothes on yeah <laughs> you I mean, know yeah so to add to a social endeavor the expectation of like a bunch of sex stuff happening too like that's a whole bunch of anxieties on top of each other that is a recipe but for i disaster. think if i had the right sort of person with me like i think i can't envision myself going there confidently alone but I oh think... god no and i think that's the thing yeah i think you're absolutely right sorry to completely interrupt you no it's great yeah, no, no, I think I would just need, like, the right, like, tour guide or even, like, someone sort of as scared as me that I, like, trusted to not, like, let go of my hand. What if the next praise Dionysus? <laughs> mm, praise him. Praise him. We take a microphone in and record an episode at the sauna. <laughs> um, I don't know why my mind goes first to, I don't think you can put microphones in steam. <laughs> um, There'd be some steamy microphones out um, there. No, totally. That's that's interesting to me. I think it's funny that so many people just casually go to saunas and we're going to yes. approach it as if we're going into some sort of war zone. Yeah, like people, yeah, people do just casually go to the sauna. They do. And good for them. Good for them. Great for them, I hope. Um, But yeah, I think to sort of answer your question, kind of, I think there are ways in which I could build up the courage necessary to go to a sauna. And I think having seen this show... It did some demystification and it did some strengthening of my resolve. And it seems like, I don't know, there's a lot about the world of a sauna now in my mind that I'd like to see for myself. Sure. And I mean, as you've proven with your rope experiment, you're, you are boldly going where no Jake has gone before. It's looking like it's going to be a pretty wild year for old Jake. It's going to be one crazy summer. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Midsummer. Oh. oh, hello. <laughs> why didn't we go with that? <laughs> I'm sorry, what are you pitching? Why didn't we go with instead of Midsummer? Midsummer is great, but uh, why didn't we go with it's going to be a crazy Midsummer? <laughs> because I think <laughs> that working. <laughs> Hinges on people thinking that it's going to be a crazy summer is a common yeah. phrase. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing it. It's really not you a... You know what? Th- what? Jake, let's not retroactively go back and change all the titles of this podcast episode to... Uh, to, to, uh, to, to, to it's going to be a crazy midsummer. I think we should keep it as midsummer. Okay, you know what? I'll come around to your pitch. Thank you yes. very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. A thing that I'm just bringing up because I think you'll enjoy hearing this. There was a character called Fisty Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I do like hearing See? that. Fisty Pete! Pete! That's great. We need more characters like Fisty Pete. I will just say that Fisty Pete does sound like a character that you and I would come up with on this podcast. That's super duper true. Yeah. That's all I have to say about Fisty Pete. <laughs> um, Dan, in the show, as his character, also talks about um, becoming desensitised to sex. Um, partly because of just like working in a, in a, like, you know, a location devoted to and that saturates him in the experience of sex and the undertaking of sex. And on top of that as well, there are rooms that are just full of televisions that are playing pornography the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I don't know. That's that. I, I don't know. I find that to be... I mean, do you ever feel like you... Because do you... Let's talk about porn. Do you ever watch a lot, do you watch a lot of porn? Not a lot of it. I watch a lot of porn. You do? I, I, I do. Okay. Too much, I think, to the point where I do feel like maybe this is not the way. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't wake up and look at Twitter and the first thing I see in the morning be just like a twink being obliterated by two penises, you know? <laughs> maybe that's not what I need to see before I check what time I'm getting to work. So you wake up and part of your waking up routine is going on Twitter. And yeah, you... I have a scroll on like Instagram, on like... Um, all of them but like, like your look. twitter engagement like is your twitter just for watching porn yes. or do you all yeah it is absolutely yes okay sure because yeah. all the tumblr porn moved to twitter right um, okay and, and you followed I'm it not there. calling x um and i follow i followed a lot of it there yeah mm-hmm. uh, and that is where i watch some of my porn okay not all of it but i think i do watch too much why do you think you watch too much because i feel like sometimes i'm desensitized to it like i see these things and i just go hey oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's okay. my reaction i feel like it shouldn't be i feel like it should be a little more 
I don't know. I want to sort of respect the sacred insects, like the not like the religious sacred, but like the san- the the sacred spiritual nature that is sex. Okay. Um, and you think I, watching porn degrades that sanctity? I don't know. I haven't really done enough diving into it because maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does the opposite. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just something I've noticed myself. So that that element that Dan is talking about in his show mm. is something that I do relate to a little bit. Sure. So like, does porn arouse you? Oh god, yeah. It does. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I watch it, baby girl! But you just said that you feel desensitised to it. I think I'm desensitised to the, not shock, but I don't know what the right word is, but like the, the specialness of sex is sort of put into the mundane now and sort of feels like, right, I'm doing this now. But it is still arousing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But so in a way you... that feels a lot more functional rather than special. Okay, but you wake up, you go on Twitter, you watch porn, you do get aroused by that experience. Yeah, sometimes. Oh, okay. Sometimes I just scroll through and then flick away from it. Okay. So, you know. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's just, didn't expect to start talking about my pornography. Habits, sure. But here we are. No, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Why? Do, sure. you, do you have much to say about pornography? No. No, I just think that's interesting. Like, I don't, it, it, part of what was interesting about what you just said is just the way that you phrased things. Mm. Um... But yeah, no. No, but you talk... I don't know. There are so many people that talk about the thing of like so many people are watching porn sooner in their lives and more mm. often than people suggest that maybe they should. I know that John Mayer has come out and said that he watches about as much pornography as you just said that you do. Oh, I think good he, for John. I think he famously said that he's seen like 20 buttholes before breakfast. I think that's a thing that he said yeah, once. Yeah, John and me both. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I start looking at porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah, but there's also like the advent of people talking about the fact of like a lot of people, like more people than you would expect are suffering from... Erectile dysfunction because of their reliance on or addiction to I mean, quotation marks around addiction to oh, pornography. Mine's from my antidepressants. Interesting. Yeah. So you know, different issue. Sure. Um, interesting. Yeah. No, I think um, I do a lot. I read a bit of literotica as well. That's a fun one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love a bit of literotica. Uh huh. Yeah. Hate books, but you love literotica. Oh god, it's the only way you can get me to read. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Great. Where do, you, do you read that on like one of those like, like smutty websites? Uh, I think it's like just like... Or is it like a sexy audible? Called Hordable? Stop. No. That's <laughs> brilliant. Well, how is that not in use? I don't know. Maybe it, it is. Maybe it is, but let's look it up. Or maybe it's my oncoming fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What? You I could be rich. Fortu- no, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> Literotica.com, I think it's called. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about a story that just gets into the nitty gritty that like watching porn can't. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Their tongues fought for dominance. There is the bad stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm done talking about porn if you want to talk more about Sonoboy. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm just going to bring up one last thing just because it was like a thing that I think is one of my favourite things about seeing theatre with a person. Um, and it's, there was this moment that occurred during the play um, where, where Dan's character comes face to face with this beautiful man that has been frequenting the sauna lately. And there was something in the way of him performing this moment and describing this moment that me and the beautiful puppet maker had like independently decided was our favourite moment. Wow. And I just think there's kind of, I don't know, there's something really beautiful when you come out of a show and you both are touched by the same thing. Yeah, oh, I, so the, actual, the beauty is, the, okay, the beauty is the fact that you both... Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to bring that up because I just think like it doesn't happen often mm. and I just think it's, I don't know, it just, it, it makes you feel close to a person, I think. Oh, and lovely. I think it's really, I don't know, there's a cuteness to it. Totally. And I just think because it happens infrequently, I just wanted to bring it up and say it to you and, uh, you know, you, sweet listener. Because... Are you going to tell the sweet listener what the moment was? So the moment was Dan's character like walks up to this man and bear in mind it's a one man show. So it's also like part of what was magical about this moment was like it's Dan looking at this like beautiful man in the story and the way that even like his eye line goes up to imaginarily meet the slightly higher up eye contact of the man mm. that he's speaking to. And it was the sentence that was something similar at least to the line of um so it's in like the, the the room where there's like a lot of blue lights apparently that's a thing that happens in saunas there's a room that's all like lit by blue lights oh i feel like that feels correct but i have no idea why yeah well yeah neither of us have been so yeah knows? we're not professors of this we should go in and be like hey why is this all blue i didn't actually ask any questions during the show <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough um um, but so it's lit by blue light. Yes, somewhat by the lighting of the of the the you know the lighting choices, lighting designer thing. But in the story, certainly, and it was the way that he described the thing of like so the two of them are in towels, or at least this tall man is in a towel, and Dan's character describes it in the writing, also by Dan, as being like the blue lights hit his body in all the right places, mm. and it was just something in the way that he said it, and the way that he was looking up at this imaginary man's face. 
And yeah, and the, the the scent of the room, the energy of the room, the the, on, the oncoming orgy of the room, the looming orgy yeah. added something to it. You know how that is. Oh, <laughs> you know, just before it starts, Ooh. the beforegy. What? <laughs> what? You're on board with hoardable, but not beforegy. Yeah, I don't want to give you too much. <laughs> give you too much, and you'll take a mile. <laughs> yeah, when Jake gets cocky, he gets unbearable. Yeah, well, I've never seen you cocky, so I wouldn't know. Oh, what? Well, 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 well. You so often begin these like little wrap ups at the end with this well sequence. Well, well. And it seems sometimes as if you are like are using it to buy time for Well, well. While you think of something to talk about. We've had a lot of fun here tonight. Okay, here we go. But I think it's important that we all remember. What? Midsummer's not just about good art. Uh huh. It's also about. <laughs> I don't know, bad art? I don't know! <laughs> Alright, well, on that strong note, <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of the Midsummery. Uh, it's, good. it's been one hell of a Midsummer. And it's not even over. It's not yet. even over. It's almost yeah. over. We're nearly there. A bit. Yeah, odd of you to start trying to wrap the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean for it. I was just trying to harken back to that that statement we made earlier. We may already disagree with things. Why are you making that face? I usually say that bit. You, you go ahead, then, James. Thank Take you. the reins. Yeah, that feels weird. <laughs> uh, we may we may already disagree with things that we've said on this episode. We're human beings. Now opinions shifts and changes like the wind, <laughs> and that is what makes art so special and unique. That's what makes art so well, special one, and unique. One, that's one of the things. The windiness of opinions. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Actually, you know what? I'm doubling down. Yes, Jake. <laughs> that is what makes art so special. It's differing opinions. If people don't have different opinions, there's no fucking art. I like this John Oliver tone you've got all of a sudden. You know I don't know who that is. <laughs> yes, you do. Wait, which one's John He's Oliver? He's that British man that looks like a puffin that has that late night show. Oh, he was in Community. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and now I talk like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. And friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. Or watch The Bear. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. If you watch The Bear, you're rich and out of touch. Yes. <laughs> and you heard that here. We speak for Midsummer. <laughs> Stop saying that. We know. People will start thinking it's true. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we do, maybe we don't. Let the music play. Yeah.